Welcome to a new episode of 49ers Talk on NBCSportsBayArea.com. Introducing your hosts, 49ers insider Matt Mayoko and 49ers host Laura Britt. This is 49ers Talk brought to you by Big O Tires. I am coming at you from Super Bowl 56. I believe that's an L, a V, and an I. Roman numerals, that means 56. What I do know even more confidently than that is this is Super Bowl week. And I guess we can still talk about Super Bowl week, right, Laura? You're, you're flexing on all of us little peons back here in the Bay Area, aren't you? That's what you're trying to do. If you're not watching this, if you're listening on the podcast, you can see Radio Row, all of the goings-on of Super Bowl week behind Matt right now. Must and be I, got nice. the, I got the little mic flag, too. Oh, yeah, of course. The, yeah, that, too. Thanks. The NBC uh, mic flag with Super Bowl LVI. And You know uh, what mic I have? This one. Oh, that's a nice one. Nothing wrong with that, uh-huh. Mike. You're coming yeah. in loud and clear. Oh, thanks. Uh, you yeah. are coming in loud. From my home, from my house. Right. Yes. Hey, um, <laughs> so the 49 season came to an end in the NFC Championship game. We don't have to remind our listeners of that. And um, I think what has happened since then have shown us that there's going to be some changes. You know, whether it's players moving on and one guy in particular, obviously we know who's going to be moving on. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. But also on the coaching staff, when you look at it already, Mike McDaniel, the offensive coordinator, gets a head coaching job with the Miami Dolphins, which to me is amazing. Think about all the people who have interviewed time and time again for head coaching jobs, and they're still looking for head coaching jobs. Um, Mike McDaniel uh, was interviewed once by the Miami Dolphins, came back for a second interview, nailed it, and now he's the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, and the 49ers will get some draft picks for that because as Mike revealed, I think for the only time, on his, uh, about his background, he talked about himself on 49ers talk last offseason. I mean, he, is, he comes from a background, a, a multiracial background. His father was black, his mom was white. And so because of his uh, being, being a minority in the NFL, trying to develop minorities into positions of power, the 49ers will get a third-round draft pick in 2022 and another third-round draft pick in 2023. And that's in addition to the third-round draft picks the 49ers got in three consecutive seasons, 21, 22, and 23, for losing Robert Sala as head coach to the Jets and Martin Mayhew as general manager to the newly named Washington Commanders. The Commanders. Still, I'm not, I'm not going to be used to that. Kind of like I wasn't used to the Washington football team. I like Commanders. Well, I don't know it if I like it or not. I just, I just like saying it because it's new. I guess it's nice to have a name. That's probably it, it a good is. thing. This is huge. I, I really, I know people are taking it different ways. If you want to know, obviously, Mike McDaniel was a big part of what Kyle Shanahan did in his offense, in the run game. We heard Shanahan talk about that a lot. If you want to know how respected Mike McDaniel is, just look to Sean McVay. Speaking of the Super Bowl, Matt Mayoko, um, he said selfishly, this is what Sean McVay said of Mike McDaniel when McDaniel was named the head coach of the Dolphins. Selfishly, I'm glad that he's not in our division anymore. That's how much Mike McDaniel brings to the table. Kyle Shanahan obviously is an offensive mastermind himself, and we've seen him in the past not even use an offensive coordinator, but a lot of 
the ideas, the creativity also comes from Mike McDaniel. And he shared this on 49ers Talk when we got the chance to talk to him uh, last year was talking about how Shanahan is so open to new ideas and he's not one to shut people out and say it's more of an open door policy you come with great ideas he says hey how can this be worked in and if he doesn't like the idea go back to work on it and bring it back to me bring me more ideas he was open to that and i think a lot of that creativity started with mike mcdaniel and obviously the relationship that he mcdaniel and shanahan have it is an openness because they know each other so well so will somebody new coming in feel as comfortable as Mike McDaniel did going and sharing offensive ideas, whether they be crazy or not, with Kyle Shanahan? It, it's a big loss for the 49ers. It's a really big loss for the 49ers, much like Robert Sala was last year. But it's a lot of turnover. There are other moves being made on the coaching staff. And to go out and find replacements, whether it's somebody, you know, moving on for a better opportunity or different shuffles being made within the 49ers organization. It's still a lot. It's a lot of other things that are on the coaching staff now, namely Kyle Shanahan, to bring in new, fresh people. And, and he's done that in some instances already. And I almost think that, you know, he looks at it, a lot of places I've been, they've, they've always looked at, hey, this guy gets a job somewhere else. Well, you know what? let's go get somebody, maybe not better, but let's maybe get somebody that can bring other ideas to the table. And I think that's where the 49ers are. You know, they did bring in Anthony Lynn. He was a former head coach and he's going to be the assistant head coach. And I think he's going to have a large part in the 49ers run game. So there's an area where a guy who a former head coach can be a resource for Kyle Sheenahan in some different areas. Um, Bobby Slowick will remain as the offensive passing game specialist, which he was in the past. And I don't know if he'll have a different title now. Maybe he becomes an offensive passing game coordinator. I don't know exactly how they're going to do that. But, you know, when I look at who's going to pick up the slack for Mike McDaniel leaving, it's going to be Anthony Lynn. It's going to be Bobby Slowick. And it's going to be Chris Furster, the offensive line coach. So, you know, it doesn't have to be worse. It just is going to be different without Mike McDaniel there. And you talk about some of those other moving pieces. You know, John Embry was the assistant head coach and coached the tight ends. Uh, he no, he's no longer with the organization. And neither is Richard Hightower, the special teams coach. So the two spots that we know in particular that Kyle Sheenhan still has to fill on his coaching staff would be tight end and special teams. And there might be some other movements too. Uh, you know, there's been some, some idea about Bobby Turner at this stage in his career. It's not necessarily a rubber stamp that he's coming back. And if, if that's the case, then you, know, you, you do have a guy like Anthony Lynn who has coached running backs and is, is uh, really ingrained in, in the running game. And, and we'll get an idea to kind of see where Kyle Shanahan is with his running game and maybe bring some of his own ideas to the table. So there will I be I really changes. like that hire by the Niners I, with, I, with I do Anthony too. Lynn. I do too. I covered Anthony Lynn when he was a player for the 49ers and always a, How a great guy to How old do you feel now? To. I feel, well, how old is, yeah, how old do we both feel? Probably <laughs> Anthony Lynn and myself, but um, it, it's, it's, it's a fascinating time because I think the 49ers roster in large part will be coming back intact other than the one 
major position, you know, the quarterback, there will be a change at that position. Uh, that's been anticipated now for almost a year with Jimmy Garoppolo moving on and Trey Lance stepping in. But it, 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 the, the shuffling of the coaching staff to some key positions, I think, is, is something that, you know, maybe gives the 49ers a, a little, I don't know if a boost is the right word, but certainly some new ideas and some freshness. Um, and so I don't think it's all, it, it doesn't have to all be bad. I mean, I remember a year ago, Laura, we were sitting here going, oh, my gosh, what are the 49ers going to do? They lost Robert Sala. And Robert Sala is an outstanding coach. No question about it. But then D'Amico Ryan steps in and does just as good, if not better, than what Robert Sala had been doing. So it's just, it's just different. And the, the one thing I was putting together my list last week of, you know, destinations for Jimmy Garoppolo and where he might end up. And at the very top of the list, and I, I said, if Mike McDaniel gets the Dolphins job, Jimmy Garoppolo could be in play there. Well, something happened on Tuesday that was posted on the Miami Dolphins Twitter account, which made me kind of change my mind. And this is what they posted. This is Mike McDaniel having, I believe, a FaceTime conversation. You can only hear his end of the conversation, but he was talking to Tua Tungavailoa, and you could hear uh, what Mike McDaniel promised him. There he is, man. I just had to get on with you real quick. Um, we're going to have an extensive professional relationship, my man. One thing I know about you is you have the ambition to be great. My job is to coach you to get all that greatness out of you. And it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be work, but I know you're not afraid of that. So um, this, is, this is an awesome day for me. Um, and I'm damn sure going to make sure that when you look back on this day, you're going to be like, damn, that was one of the best days of my career too, okay? But I'll earn that from you. You got me? No, since you can't hear him, he's, there's a camera on us right now. Since you can't hear him, he's, he's telling me how excited he is and uh, that there's no other coach you'd rather play for in the entire world, which I thought was nice since it, this is the first time I've really talked to him. <laughs> Lord, that, that doesn't sound like a head coach who's ready to move on from the quarterback who's already there. Yeah, it really doesn't. It doesn't at all. And good for Tua and good for Mike uh, wanting to build on what's at the Dolphins. This is a huge role for him, a great opportunity. I know Kyle Shanahan's got to be so excited for his friend and Dan Soder too, right? Who we also had on the podcast. I saw him tweet about it. He, he was tweeting about, I've seen some of the players too, talking about um, the fresh suit that Mike McDaniel was sporting because we're so used to seeing really all the coaching staff yeah. in you know, the shorts, the hats, the, the hoodies. And Mike McDaniel was dressed to the nines on his, it looked like a private flight down to Miami the, that the Dolphins tweeted out. So I, I think Dan was commenting on that and some of the 49ers players were commenting on that. Um, there is a level of, it's not all, all bad. These are just things that have, have come to mind as Mike McDaniel's moving on. There was this level of, humility with as smart as Mike McDaniel is he just had this funny connection with the players and it it had to grow on some of the guys because he's got a really dry sense of humor but I think part of all of that kind of went into play with who the 49ers are and not that that won't still be the case but it is different and change is coming for the 49ers in, in many forms namely as you said with Jimmy Garoppolo 
um, and, and Trey Lance taking over, but also these coaching staff changes, they don't always play out as well as Robert Sala's out uh, leaving to go be a head coach and D'Amico Ryan's coming in, not saying, predicting that it's not going to play out well, but it's just all, it, it's a lot to juggle for a team when you, especially with a big change at quarterback too. Yes, absolutely. I'm not being a pessimist here. That's oh, what I'm no, trying to say. You're, you're never a pessimist, Laura, never, never, ever, ever. Um, especially not after a rainy game at Levi Stadium with the 49ers and the Colts. We'll, we'll yeah, just hey, keep bringing that back. Either, right? No, not, not <laughs> at all. Well, hey, I'm at, at uh, Radio Row, Super Bowl week. We're going to be bringing you a couple of podcasts, I think, this week. Uh, going to talk to a lot of people about the 49ers and where they're going. And uh, I did talk to Michael Irvin, the Hall of Famer. And I asked him about something that he came up with that I think might catch on at Levi Stadium. Here's a little fun fact, Laura, that you might not know about me. I think if I were to sit down and write a list of my favorite all-time movies, I think Wizard of Oz is number one. Wow, really? I did not know that about you. I love Wizard of Oz. And there's a scene in there that inspired Michael Irvin to come up with a Debo Samuel chant that I do think has the potential to be something that really takes root in future seasons as Debo Samuel. I'm sure the old 49ers are going to work hard to get him locked up for the long term. So the 49ers are certainly hoping that the fans at Levi Stadium will have plenty of opportunities through the years to do this chant. But we're going to talk to Michael Irvin about that and many other things when we return on 49ers Talk after this word from Big O Tires. Sales. Big O Sales. Now get up to $190 in rebates. Get a $70 reward card on select Michelin tires. Plus up to $120 in additional rebates on purchases of $500 or more on the Big O card. Big O Tires, the team you trust. All right, joining us now is Hall of Famer Michael Irvin, NFL analyst. You can see Michael on the special eight-and-a-half-hour edition of NFL Game Day Morning Sunday at 6 a.m. Pacific on the NFL Network. That's a long day. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is a long day, but 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 a great day now. And and do you really think about how long it is when you're doing what you love? If somebody said to you, you know what your job's going to be, you're going to be able to talk about football for eight and a half hours. You would have loved that. You say, oh, great. That's going to be a job, you know. So so it is. It's great because it's the biggest game the biggest game of the year. Hey, Michael, for the longest time, you were the arrival of the 49ers and 49er fans. You know, let's, let's be honest. They didn't really like you, but now about two weeks ago, you became the guy that everybody associated with the 49ers envies and they're jealous of you because you're the one who came up with the Debo chant. How did that come about? <laughs> it's amazing. That chant is going everywhere. And I was, and it was so true, you know, because when I was sitting home watching, it was that third down where he ran the ball against Green Bay. Boom, boom, And when he got, I was like, and they handed him off the ball on third and seven, and he went and got it. And that chant just came to my head. Debo. Whoa. He is absolutely the Debo. You got to see that thing we put together on our show. 
where everybody can't get everything from everybody. That's what Debo is. Uh, what about him impresses you so much? You know, as a wide receiver, obviously, I mean, he was a thousand yard wide receiver and he did it pretty early in the season, but then he turned into a running back later in the season. He pretty much does everything the 49ers need him to do. So what about that just impresses you and, and just how difficult is that to, to pull off for a player like him? I, I don't think you can be a, a wide receiver and run the ball like that. That it's just almost impossible. But you can be, and there's only one person I've ever seen really be able to do it to, to anywhere near this, is, is who was Marshall Falk. You could be a good, great running back and play some great wide receiver. And Debo's like a running back, man. He's like a running back, but he's a great wide receiver also. Rarely do we see this kind of talent commingling. You won't see many running backs that can track deep balls you know, because they can't do it. That's why they only should catch the short passes. They've done that all their lives. They don't have to track deep balls. But Debo can do it all. He really should be in an MVP conversation every year if they'll continue to use him like this. Man, I'm not looking at, you know, he's eligible for a contract. And you look at some of the $20 million wide receivers in the game or guys right around that mark, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, all those guys. Debo just finished his third year with the 49ers. I mean, he's in for a major payday, isn't he? I mean, how do you even compare him to some of those guys? Well, you don't. And there's, there's another sound I want to go, beep, beep, beep. You know what that sound is? That's is it, when they back that Brinks truck up and you guys got to pay that money to Depot. That's that beep, beep. It's just the backing up to collect all this. Because he, 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 all of those guys, if I'm his agent, I'm telling San Fran, he, he gives you more than all of those guys give to their team. He gives you what those guys give and something extra. So it, it, it's going to be, I, I think, a tough deal. But, but listen to what I'm saying. It works for both great. I hope Debo don't let his agent or anybody else mess up this for him because nobody's going to use him quite like Kyle Shanahan. He can have a great, great career. He'll make so much money, but he'll really leave his mark if he stays in San Francisco and stay connected to the hip of Kyle Shanahan. I don't know how much you saw uh, Trey Lance this season, but <clears throat> obviously you saw a lot of Jimmy Garoppolo. Where do you think the 49ers you know, will go in the future here as they look to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, trade him somewhere else? Does that help the offense to have a guy like Trey Lance, who's more of a dual threat guy with a stronger arm, somebody that Kyle Shanahan handpicked? Where, where do you see kind of the complications arising with this 49ers offense as they make that transition from Garoppolo to Trey Lance? Well, well there's growth and everything and growing pains and everything, you know, and I, I love what Cal Shannon tried to do this year and, and interject and getting him some reps and some work, but the main focus was winning football games. And he almost had a chance to be in the Super Bowl. but you got to make sure he's not making some of the mistakes that Garoppolo made. And that's part of the growing process, but I believe he'll be okay. If anybody can interject, uh, interject him properly, it'll be Cal Shanahan. 
And Michael, the NFL was so great in the early 90s through the mid 90s when that 49er cowboy rivalry was really cooking. And obviously the Cowboys got uh, the, the bigger, the better end of that stick on several occasions. 49ers got you back in uh, that 94 season. But when I saw the 49ers in the Cowboys this year in the playoffs, I just kind of got the sense that these two teams are going nowhere. Like they're going to be in the playoffs. Do you see maybe a rivalry, a, a new rivalry starting with the 49ers and the Cowboys where they're meeting in the playoffs? Maybe not on an annual basis, but, you know, several times here in the future. Oh, no, no, no. You, you, you guys will be there. It, it's up to us to make sure that we're there for that battle because you, you, you got that young talent, that quarterback, and, and, and you got a great young nucleus in Debo and, and, and Kittle. And guys, I'm going to tell you something, that loves to play football. They love to play football. Now, it's just up to Dallas to match that and be there every year. And that rivalry will return to what it was. We didn't get the best in the 90s, but but the 80s and said the 70s, 80s, you guys got the best in the 80s. So, so that thing has been kind of going back and forth. Yeah, so uh, the Hall of Fame comes out on Thursday. Uh, do you look forward to that, to each year's class to see who's going to be joining you, getting a gold jacket? And this year, of course, you know, there's a Cowboy, DeMarcus Ware. There's a couple 49ers up there uh, as a finalist with Brian Young and Patrick Willis. What do you, have you kind of looked at this upcoming 2022 Hall of Fame class and kind of get excited about who's going to be joining you in Canton? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I do, and and, and I, when I look at it, what I look and say, wow, I mean, to make this choice, who is in and who, who is out, is it's is that's a difficult choice. Those are some great players. I, I've been I've gone against some of those players. I've seen what what those guys can do. Man, Brian Young was a beast. You guys know that Brian Young was a beast. I was talking to Coach Mariucci. We were talking about that the other day. Brian Young, Patrick Willis was a beast, man. DeMarcus, it's just so difficult to who gets in and who doesn't get in because all of them were so great. All right, Michael Irvin, thank you so much for joining us and have a great Super Bowl Sunday. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. You too, enjoy Super Bowl Sunday. All right, we're back on 49ers Talk. You heard Michael Irvin, and coming up in a little bit, we'll have Colleen Wolf from the NFL Network, and she was fun to talk to about Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance and the the, the whole picture, global picture in the NFL. Uh, but as Michael Irvin, uh, as I asked him about, Hall of Fame class of 2022 coming up Thursday night at NFL Honors, and uh, best of luck to Patrick Willis and Bryant Young. We'll see how that shakes out. Um, but, you know, even though the 49ers aren't in the Super Bowl, there's still a lot of talk about the 49ers at the Super Bowl because I really feel, you know, as Michael Irvin said, the 49ers aren't going away. You know, if, if Trey Lance is the guy that approaches what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan thought they were getting when they drafted him, I mean, the nucleus is there for the 49ers to be competitive, I think, for a long time. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to argue against that. It really is this big – it's not so much a question mark because I think we've seen who Trey Lance is. We've heard his teammates talk about him. We've heard Kyle Shanahan talk about him. As far as everything behind closed doors, he's everything and more that they, they asked for. Now it comes down to playing at the NFL level, 
um, under a lot different types of pressure that he's going to face in the NFL. But there's, there's potential there. There's um, some, we were talking about, you know, just changes and things being different with the team. Well, that's the, quite possibly the biggest change. Um, just with how he approaches a game as opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo, which is what was lacking in Garoppolo's game that so many people wanted to see. So I agree with, with Michael Irvin there that it's, they're not going to go away. And when you've got the mastermind of Kyle Shanahan, pair that with a mobile quarterback that's able to, as they're hoping, make plays when plays break down. That is really exciting for 49ers fans. It's, it's really exciting just for football fans to be able to see how that plays out. We've, we've gotten to see it with a, um, a Patrick Mahomes. We've gotten to see it with other guys. The, this baton, as we've talked about, is being handed off to this new era of quarterbacks with Tom Brady retiring, Drew Brees retiring, and who knows what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. But with that fantastic grouping of quarterbacks that we've all been able to watch over the past 20 or so years, now you get this new age of quarterbacks. And, and where does Trey Lance fit into that pipeline that's what we're all going to be waiting to see in 2022. Oh my goodness. You just gave me an idea. But oh, first, oh no. oh no. But first, 49ers Talk I is know, brought I to you by... I want to hear the idea. 49ers Talk is brought to you by FitAid. FitAid fuels your body with complete sports recovery using the power of targeted supplements and vitamins. Train hard, recover fast. And because Colleen Wolf is coming up, I'm going to have to ask her about this and, and pose this, but, but the idea that you just gave me, Laura, is think about the NFC, and we're talking about why the 49ers can be, perhaps should be, a player, a contender for a long, long time. In the NFC, you know, who are the top quarterbacks? Top quarterbacks are Tom Brady, who is no longer a quarterback, at least for now. It's Aaron Rodgers, who has an uncertain future. It's Russell Wilson, who has an uncertain future. Um, I think Matthew Stafford has put himself on that list, but he's older, 13 years into the league, obviously going to the Super Bowl with the Rams. I think Kirk Cousins is probably, you know, upper echelon of N NFC quarterback. And, you know, he hasn't had much postseason success or any postseason success. And when you look Murray in there, well, but is he even like he deleted all the Cardinals mentions from his account and yeah, he started off strong, but man, did the Cardinals sure fade, but to, to go ahead with that with Kyler Murray is kind of like Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott and Jalen hurts are of the young, you know, they're the young guys, you know, they're the young guys who were the, uh, playoff quarterbacks. Okay, so that's the NFC. The, the top guys are the older guys who are on their way out, potentially, and the, the younger guys aren't all that accomplished at this point. Let's face it. Yeah, now, look, now, look at, now look at the AFC. Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, like those are four of the absolute top-notch quarterbacks in the league who are only getting better. And then you, you look have at the upcoming of Mac Jones. Mac Jones. You have Tua, 
who you know could be on the rise with Mike McDaniel. And then you have the top two picks in last year's draft, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, who didn't show much as rookies, but are immensely talented. So if you look at the AFC and the young quarterbacks there, I mean, they are so much better than the NFC and the young quarterbacks there. And that's why I think the door swings open if Trey Lance can can live up to what the players hope he can be. And I'm sure Chicago Bears fans are going, yeah, if Justin Fields does the same, the Bears could put themselves in that picture too. But that's why I think that 49er fans should be so hopeful is that Trey Lance, if he can kind of get into that mix of where Burrow, Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Herbert are, now the 49ers are, are cooking with gas. Now they got to be feeling very good about the future. I've got something for you that comes up a lot with this discussion. And we've talked so much about how talented the 49ers roster is, and they've made that very clear with the amount of money that they've played to their, paid to their top tier players and look to do with Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa as well. So with how detailed you've been and ingrained you've been in covering this team for a really, really long time. Super long. Since so the pterodactyls filled the air. Such a long time. I just feel like you'll have a good pulse on this. Where do you see, you know, you always felt like the window of a team and it, and it seems that window is now for the Niners. How long do you think that window will remain open for this team with the talent that they have? Because they've got all the pieces there. Um, it, they've been waiting on a quarterback. How long does that window stay open for the Niners? Uh, I mean, this is very simplistic, but think about how long did the window stay open for Tom Brady with the Patriots? How long did the window stay open for the Saints with Drew Brees, for the Packers with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, if you have a great quarterback, your window is always open. And right now, the way the 49ers are constructed is that they don't need a great quarterback to be a contender because the rest of the roster is very good. You know, like we've talked about, I mean, they have some very good offensive linemen. They have some really good receivers. They have, you know, the most dynamic receiver from a pass catching and running standpoint in the game. You have one of the top tight ends in the game. You have some of the top defensive linemen in the game, including Nick Bosa, who's, you know, one of the best edge rushers in the game. You have Fred Warner. So their window right now isn't contingent on just top quarterback play. In fact, they don't even need top quarterback play to be a contender at this stage. So once that swings, you know, things will change a little bit, you know, when they're not able to keep together the roster or um, whatever it is, the attrition, or they're not able to build the way they want to, things will change or it has to become more quarterback centric. But if you have a top quarterback, you know, like I, I think the Cincinnati Bengals aren't going anywhere as long as Joe Burrow's there. The Kansas City Chiefs aren't going anywhere as long as Mahomes is there. And I'd say the same with Which, Josh. By the way, Joe Burrow is a walking viral moment. He <laughs> Everything is. he says. Yes, he is. is he's a walking viral moment. And, and Josh Allen, the Bills will be contenders. And the, the Chargers will be contenders if, if Justin Herbert keeps playing the way he's, he's going. 
And from the 49ers standpoint, even though they gave up so much to get Trey Lance, they gave up for this coming draft, the 2022 draft, they gave up a first round pick and a third round pick. Well, they still have nine draft picks right now scheduled. And that's a second round pick. That's two third round picks, a fourth round pick, a fifth round pick, a sixth round pick. And then they're expecting three compensatory picks in the seventh round. And the 49ers have done a very good job. You know, his, history suggests they've done a very good job in that, in that middle round and even late round. So, you know, they're going to. A better job actually in uh, some of their earlier round picks. In in some cases, yes. So, you know, when, when does the window stay open? You know, the window stays open as long as the players at the very key positions perform at a high level and the most key position in not only in football, but in all the sports is quarterback. And so, uh, you know, we talked about Trent Williams, saying that Trey Lance is a generational talent and then said, Hey, but let's not put so much pressure on him. And, (laughs) but the fact of the matter is every quarterback in the league, there's pressure on that player to perform, to get their team to that level. And that's why the 49ers made that decision that, uh, you know, that they would be at some point moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo and putting their trust and their hope and the future of the organization in a young dynamic player who is more in the mold of those top young players in the AFC than the older players perhaps in the NFC whose times are, you would think coming to an end. I mean, with Aaron Rodgers, who knows? Um, I I get the sense that the Packers don't want to trade him, but where is his mind and all that? That stuff will be settled at some point this offseason. But that, that's why I think that just kind of seeing how this is done, and we we're, we're seeing how two teams have are completely different in their approaches from the Bengals who don't go out and spend money. They, they drafted very well, and they're trying to kind of piece things together. They have some top-notch talent um, from young guys. And then you have the Rams who said, draft picks? Psh- we don't need draft picks. We'll just trade uh, for an older established guy, pay him big money and just kind of write it out. Try and win now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we are. Um, I guess you and I will be talking a little bit later in the week as, as news develops here uh, from the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. And as I'm able to secure interviews, uh, Brandon McGinnis, our very reliable podcast producer has been just, he goes, he beats the bushes. He's trying to find guests for us around every corner. He's lurking. He's doing all those things that you would expect <laughs> a good podcast producer to do. Um, well, he's been doing that because you get Michael Irvin and now you got Colleen Wolf, which I really want to hear this conversation that you had with, with NFL Network's Colleen Wolf. So let's do that right after this word. Toyota's President's Day sales event is here. Get in now. New Toyotas are arriving daily. Get amazing plug-free MPG with Toyota's industry-leading 10 hybrids. With less time filling up at the pump, you'll have more time to enjoy the open road. Toyota, let's go places. All right, joining us now is Colleen Wolf. NFL Network host, follow her on Twitter at Colleen Wolf. That's mm-hmm. two L's, two E's, and another E at the end of Wolf. Bingo. You got it. Yes. And you can see Colleen on the NFL Network's NFL Game Day Final mm-hmm. Sunday following Super Bowl 56. 
Super Bowl against the well the Rams against the Bengals for 49er fans they're just trying to are we not talking about it I'm not sure we're going to talk about the Super Bowl it's tough being at the Super Bowl not talking about the Super Bowl but I'm I'm here for you in whatever way uh I can help so yeah we'll we'll just keep it pushing we'll just keep pushing um the 49ers their season comes to an end last week, actually two weeks ago, against the Rams in the NFC Championship game. Following the 49ers, seeing them as you did, what do you think of their season and how it ended? Well, obviously, the way that it ended, there's there's only one team that's going to be happy in the entire NFL with the way that their season ends, and that's whoever wins the Super Bowl. So you have 31 losers every single year, and at least you can take solace in the fact that you're not alone in that. And, and so the loser of the Super Bowl is the first loser. Exactly. And everyone else yes. follow in line. Right. So the Niners are, like, up there. I mean, it's it's – it's pretty good if you're losing in the playoffs. The fact that, you know, the way that the game went the way it did is obviously very disappointing. And the season that they had, I mean, I think that Kyle Shanahan did such a good job with this team because there were so many fun players to watch, so many stars on this team. And my favorite part about the season was the way that Debo Samuel emerged as such an incredible playmaker. And the way that Kyle Shanahan started using him like midway through the year about just as that wide back I don't know if anyone truly knew what he was capable of and then to see that just grow throughout the regular season and then have it on display in the postseason for him it was just such a thrilling ride to watch what he was able to do and, and see how he can really change the game. That running game is so impressive that the 49ers have. And so to watch Debo with the tears in his eyes at the end of the game, that really crushed my heart. Like I I was really rooting for the Niners in that spot because I wanted guess. Debo to go to the Super Bowl. Olivia, well, because you see how much he puts into it, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what makes it? You like, you, even if you're not around him, you still, just by the way he plays the game, you realize it means more to him than maybe most people. It's palpable. And yeah, it's right. hard to even describe because it is different the way that he plays. Like, it's almost like he leaves this earth when he steps on to the field. And he just transforms into this weapon. Like, I loved when he was mic'd up and he said to Shanahan, give me the ball. And Shanahan gave him the ball and he immediately scored. That is someone that I think any fan base would want on their team because of his work ethic, because of his talent, and and the way that he can deliver in those moments when the stakes are at the highest. So he was such a pleasure to watch. And with Elijah Mitchell, I mean, those two together are are such a fantastic, I, 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 to say they're a duo, but Devo's a wide receiver, it, it's, it's kind of, it's such an interesting team because you have George Kittle, who is like this this kind of next level tight end that we're seeing in the NFL, who it's not just, he's not just blocking, obviously he loves blocking and he was blocking more this year because of the running game having 
such a strong presence and it was almost like he wasn't used as much in the passing game maybe because of Jimmy G and maybe we'll get to that in this conversation oh, oh yes we will <laughs> but I think that this team uh, has so many players and really it's it's um, it's a tribute to the the scouting department and and the way that they have built this team they've selected players that are so versatile and so dynamic that can play so many different roles in this offense and I think that that's so important for the future well well, it's funny you mentioned the future because I'm just kind of looking at like the AFC, like you know Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, Josh Allen, uh, Justin think, Herbert, Justin Herbert. Like those teams are not going away. You know the, the Chargers didn't make the playoffs this year, but they're going to be a contender mm -hmm. for as long as Justin Herbert's there. And then you have you know the first few picks in last year's draft at some point you know those organizations are a little bit on the shaky side but at some point they're going to be mm -hmm. making their teams factors i would think and then you look at the nfc and they, it, they the star power the young star power just isn't there you have tom brady mm -hmm. retiring maybe i think right well we're still uh, not sure it changes by the week it does uh you have aaron Rodgers. who you don't know exactly where he's going to mm -hmm. be russell wilson you don't know exactly where he's going to be you know kirk cousins matt ryan uh, but the Ugh. young quarterbacks are i mean those are the older guys who've been around a while and then the young guys in the nfc are dak prescott kyler murray and jalen hurts like wow the, like think about that so I guess that's a long. Uh, there will be a, a question at the end of this. No, but like, you, you're but no. you're getting my wheels turning yeah, so, though because I haven't really thought about that. Like the NFC is going to be wide open. Oh, I, I should have mentioned Matthew Stafford uh, as you mm -hmm. know, like on the other side of thirty, whose years are a little bit numbered. But I guess my point is, I think you're going to be talking a lot about the 49ers in the years to come if Trey Lance turns out to be the guy that Kyle Shanahan and the organization hopes he becomes. Right. And that's obviously we only we only saw a little bit from Trey Lance and I, I liked what I saw. I think that he has a lot of amazing skills and he can I think that Kyle Shanahan, if anyone can really maximize them, it's him. Um, but obviously he still needs to grow and he still needs to learn. He needs to get that experience and he'll get that coming up um, but I liked what they did this year without forcing him in right away because it didn't look like he was quite ready yet and maybe you disagree with that but I didn't think that he looked completely ready and maybe that's because he wasn't getting those reps and maybe because he was splitting some of that time with Jimmy G and it was like such a back and forth all season long and kind of after watching Jimmy G throw that interception at the end of the game it, it felt very much that like you know that's it, it was very uh, that kind of summed up his career yeah. in that one play well, and I'll sum up like his career with the 49ers at least the last you know few years here is that I'm pretty much you know I see it both ways I try to say it like I see it which for half of the audience in the Bay Area makes them say, you're too soft on Jimmy. You need to be more, you know, aggressive in your critiques. The other part, the other half say, um, oh, you're too hard on Jimmy. You, you know, you, he's a winner. He's this and that. So what do you mean? No one's complimentary. No one's no, like, you no know what? That's fantastic. What you just did no, there. No one ever <laughs> says, boy, just by giving it both sides. <laughs> Because Jimmy is so polarizing. Mm -hmm. You know, locally, it's either people either think he's the best or he's the worst. Mm -hmm. 
I tend to think he's somewhere in the middle. And so tell me about, give me the national perspective outside looking in of what Jimmy Garoppolo is and what he's meant to the Niners. I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is... And you took a big sigh before you answered Because I hate, I, I want to be like, you know what, Jimmy G, you can win with him and you, yeah. can, you can build a team with him. Well, you can't but win with him. You can, and you, you can, but can you... Can you win a Super Bowl with him? And can do you need a lot of things to go right for that to happen? Like, can you trust him in those big moments to not throw just a backbreaking interception that really doesn't need to happen? And those, especially in the playoffs, those are the moments that really make or break a team. And there's just been so many of those moments with Jimmy G. And I think about him as a quarterback, like, I, I don't want to compare him to a Ryan Tannehill, but Tannehill's pretty good. He's, he is. A, yeah. And I think that Jimmy G has his moments where he makes me doubt myself and my assessment of him and then he'll come back and and prove me right and so to me so what's he's your like assessment ne on, more on the negative side or more on the positive side for me it's like he's right in the middle yeah. but maybe a touch maybe like a touch over to the negative with the okay. with the interceptions because it's just the decision making for me that yeah. I, I I want to pull my hair out sometimes when I watch what he does because it I feel like if he just was able to clean up some of those moments that didn't need to happen, that he could be on the positive side yeah. of things on that scale. Yeah, I might. I would say more for me. I'll just a smidge more on the positive mm -hmm. side because he does. You know, you can't measure it, but like just the way he kind of carries himself, the way his he's liked in the locker. The guys room. love him and, and that's, that's huge. Count for something. Mm -hmm. You know that they that all the players have his back and, and they're vocal about they're it too. They're vocal about it. Well, they have to be because right. the the other side is just so vocal. They have to balance it <laughs> <Right>. out. Right. <laughs> but but and also and I know they've had a really good defense. They've had a couple of really good defense coordinators in Robert Sala and this year with D'Amico Ryans. They've had a great running game and all that. So those are the kind of things you're talking about the supporting cast, mm -hmm. but when he's on the field, they've won a lot of football games. Right. And so that's why I put him more over, because as bad as, you know, he can't be that bad if he's still winning a lot of football games. Right. That's my take. A and, like, the fact that he's so close to getting back to another Super Bowl. Like, that that should count for something. And the right? thumb. And like, the thumb. And he was kind of, you know, he was compromised the last, whatever, the month of the season with the thumb. So all that, all that said, where would you expect him to go? Do you think there will be an active trade market for him? I think so, because I think that there are a lot of teams that need a quarterback. And Isn't maybe it's, teams? yeah. And you think about like, you just ran through the NFC. I mean, there's no, it's not like right now, it feels like the AFC is stacked with quarterback talent. And then the NFC, it's a, it's, it's a little less than that. So I think that there are a lot of places he could go, but I think that maybe one place just like spitballing here, cause I haven't thought about it a ton yet, but the Steelers might be an interesting spot for him to land. Um, especially with the fact that they're trying to get that run game going there, and they have a lot of really good pieces on defense too. That's a good point because they made the playoffs mm -hmm. without much 
contributions from their quarterback. Right. Ben Roethlisberger did not have a good season. It's that's not really the way I guess you would let he would have liked to go out, but it's uh, Ben Roethlisberger. He wasn't really helping them with his arm. Yeah. And, and as long as Najee Harris is there, mm -hmm. you would think that they would have a, a running game. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, Where do you I think? I, I, I think that's up there. I think um, I think the Washington Commanders. The Commanders. They be, you know, they're looking for a commander, and, uh -huh. and Jimmy has a commanding presence, <laughs> so that could work. Um, the one thing that I, I'll give you the answer and then probably take it back okay. is Tampa Bay because mm. they could, from, from this standpoint, they could kind of keep the Tom Brady – offense intact that's right but on the other side doesn't Bruce Arians want to get the ball down the field he does especially that's just that's always been him yeah. like no risk it no biscuit so maybe there's a reunion in Tampa Bay what if Jameis ends up uh, back in Tampa I don't think that's actually going to happen but it is a possibility in yeah. this crazy world and New Orleans to me was a possibility a stronger possibility because of the Eastern Illinois connection with Sean Payton oh. and Jimmy Garoppolo and then Sean Payton retires I thought maybe Miami with Mike McDaniel that would be good too but I don't know if you saw this they posted on uh, Miami's Twitter like the, Mike McDaniel saying Tua you're my guy with that the the conversation yeah. between the two of them yeah I saw that so, so I just wonder if that's like eh, okay we're not going to go out and try to get anything you know we're not going to go out and get Jimmy Garoppolo because we already have Tua right I, it looks like from that con because before I was thinking maybe that Miami could be yeah. in the in the market, but who knows if that's some type of weird smokescreen because we're entering smokescreen season. And we never but heard Tua's voice on that, so maybe right. And he was like, "Oh, you guys can't hear Tua, and this is what he's saying right now. I don't, I would wouldn't want to uh, have any other head coach in the NFL. I wouldn't want to play for anyone else. So who knows?" Colleen Wolf, hey, thank you so much. Watch her. <laughs> Post-game, Super Bowl 56, she'll be on for hours. Thank you so much for stopping of by. Of course, this was great. Great talking with you. Thanks for listening to 49ers Talk with Matt Mayoko and Laura Britt. Please rate, review, and subscribe for free on your podcast provider. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers. Hunt for muddy puddles and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.